Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to a special Back to Jerusalem podcast. My name is Eugene Bach. I'm your host for this time and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. I just did our Saturday morning call-in for Back to Jerusalem and that was a blast. Uh, it's great to hear from supporters around the world. Um, if, you're, if you ever think about calling in, we're going to start doing this every Saturday as long as we can, at least during the time of this coronavirus. This coronavirus has allowed me to be in one country at one time so that I can do these kind of commitments. And if you would like to call in, we do the podcast from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Central Time. So basically New York City time. So New York City time, we do the call in and you can call us at 1-703-348-7756. Again, that's 1-703-348-7756. Call us. We would love to hear from you. Taking your questions. Um, I'm better at answering questions, you know, in, in person than I am on uh, in messaging. Sometimes... I know that things can get a little bit too involved, too detailed, and I just don't feel like writing those emails. So what often happens is I put an email off that I feel is going to take a little bit too much description with the thought of, well, I'll answer that when I get more time. And then I don't get more time. And then I don't answer it. Not because I don't want to, but because I've forgotten about it. I've moved on to other urgent matters. Um, that kind of occupied occupied my 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 brain space. I've got like a uh, a 16 gig brain that cannot be upgraded to a bigger capacity. So what happens is, in order to fit in new information, old information has to go. Uh, I I have an old, outdated processing system and a very limited storage space. So yeah. You might have sent me a question on Facebook. You might have sent me an email and you may not have gotten a response and you're thinking that I'm just ignoring you. I'm not. I'm just really bad at doing follow-up and old information that doesn't get used gets kicked out to fit in immediate information that's needed for the process. Hope that makes sense. That is an apology, but I'm hoping that you can call into the Back to Jerusalem podcast and there I can answer your questions. There I can take time and actually answer your questions on our podcast so that you can not only get your question answered or information that you wanted to share, but you could also share it with the rest of our audience. And our podcast is never edited. So if you bring up something where I'm wrong and you're right, well, it would be easily provable because I'm not going to edit, change, or take out your comment or your question or thoughts that you bring to the table about Back to Jerusalem. We would love to hear from you, even if it's the good, bad, or the ugly. 
Again, you can call us at 1-703-348-7756. Now, something has been happening in North Korea and we've been telling you about it. We've been sharing about it and there's been a lot of people that are talking about our post saying that it's fake news. Let me first start off by the information as we got it that came from North Korea Daily. We put this up on our website at backtojerusalem.com. Many of you probably downloaded our podcast from there, but some of you might have been downloading from some other app on your phone and may not have been going to our website to see the stories that we've been writing. But on April 21st, which is about four days ago from the time that I'm doing this podcast, we put up a, a, an article about Kim Jong-un fighting for his life. And we gave you four reasons why that was believable. Because what happened was North Korea Daily one of the websites that I go to on a regular basis because it is run by asylum seekers who fled from North Korea. Many of them came from high-ranking positions into South Korea, and they keep an updated news site. Now, if you want to find their news site, I would go there, North Korea Daily, or look up 38north.org. That's another really good one when it comes to North Korea. 38north.org are military strategists who give you regular updates about the missile program, the underground workings of North Korea. They're absolutely irreplaceable. Really, really good insight when it comes to the inner workings of North Korea. There's a lot of other websites out there. I also go to the North Korean government websites. Um, there's one website that I go to all the time. Let me see what that is. Um, it is a website that I actually have on my favorites list and go there on a regular basis. It's called um, sogwang.com, sogwang.com, S-O-G-W-A-N-G. It's basically run by the government and they do like government. If you open it up in a Google browser, for instance, um, you can do the translation. It's all in Korean, but these days, it doesn't really matter what the website's in. I mean, many of the websites that I go to on a regular basis are not in the English language. Um, and so I can just read them you know, with the Google Translator. We live in an amazing time where even though you know, I use three languages on a daily basis, really, I can put any website in any language that I want. It's, uh, it really is truly amazing. One of those is for Chinese language. I will give you a reason why that's important here in a minute. But with Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, we put that he was fighting for his life. South Korea came out and said, no, that's not the case. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, also came out and said, that's not the case. Fake news. We said... We believe that it is the case. Kim Jong-un is in grave danger. His life is at risk. He's basically on life support right now. And we gave four reasons why. Four reasons why we believe that the North Korean leader was on life support. Now, it looks like he's dead. Or if not dead, brain dead. So, um, let me, let me tell you the first, before I jump in, let me tell you four reasons why we believed and why we reported. So we didn't just hear a rumor and throw it out there, right? There's been a lot of rumors that we've heard 
and we didn't just throw them out there. There's been a lot of rumors that we heard about North Korea executing um, people that they thought had the coronavirus. We put out information on that when we could kind of circular, uh, in, 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 a, in a way, kind of circle back around with several different elements that kind of point as evidence that that might be true. But there were more instances that we reported, I'm sorry, more instances than we reported that we did not report. Does that make sense? I think so. We didn't report every instance that we heard about North Korea killing people that were suspected of having the coronavirus. That should be more clear. The reason we didn't report every instance is because we didn't know if every instance was a separate instance or if it was the same instance being covered in, by different people with different information, but it was the same situation just circulating back around to us. Anyway, we believe the health reports on the North Korean leader because of four very simple reasons, and we want to explain them so that we're all tracking on the same page. First and foremost, Kim Jong-un missed the mandatory celebration of his grandfather's birthday on April 15th. Now, remember, he has been basically created in the image of his grandfather. Rumors have said that he's even had plastic surgery to make him look aesthetically like his grandfather. That his face has been gone under the knife so that he would have similar features as his grandfather, Kim Il-sung the founder of North Korea. So April 15th is not just his birthday. It's the birthday of the nation. It is the birthday of a religion, Juche, which is self-reliance of the Korean people. So you basically have Christmas because Kim Il-sung is considered the savior. No joke. When you die, you go to heaven to be with Kim Il-sung, which sounds an awful lot like hell to me. And if he didn't repent of his sins, that's probably where he is. And you, if you don't repent of your sins, that's where you will indeed join him. But I promise you, it won't feel like heaven. So because he is a God, it's kind of like Christmas, your birthday, and 4th of July if you're an American for the Independence Day, all wrapped up into one big celebration. It's the largest celebration of the year by far. And on a previous podcast, I actually give information about how important it is and what people do to celebrate that holiday. Kim Il-sung, or Kim Jong-un, missed it. That's a big no-no. You don't do that unless you have a pretty good reason. And being almost dead may not be a good enough reason. Second, Kim suffers from obesity. He's like 5'6 or something and weighs over 300 pounds according to intelligence from South Korea. So he's a pretty hefty guy, but he's in his 30s, so it should not it should be a health issue, but not that big of an issue. We're not talking about losing your life kind of issue. Not in your 30s, maybe in your 30s, maybe more in your 40s. Also, he was a heavy smoker. However, even if he had a minor cardiovascular surgery inside of North Korea, you do not want to get surgery in North Korea. Their hospitals are like pig pens. They're not sanitary. Not because they're not, the people in North Korea are not clean. They are fanatically clean. They just don't have disinfectants. They don't have rubber gloves. 
to recycle, so they reuse them. They don't have masks, medical masks, to recycle, so they reuse them. You're talking about germs and bacteria coming from one patient to another. Really, really bad. Scalpels that are basically being worked on so that they can be reused over and over and over and over again. Rusty and falling apart. Needles being reused. You know how a nurse might take some blood and then the syringe that they use to take the blood, they then throw it away? The needle that they use to extract the blood, they then throw it away? No. Uh, the, 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 a needle that might be used to give you medication used, thrown away? Nope. North Korea has to reuse, reuse, and reuse, and sometimes they don't have the proper disinfectants. So this is a massive, massive problem. So even if he had cardiovascular, a simple cardiovascular procedure, which is very, very likely given his health condition based on his obesity and smoking habits, we feel it is very, very likely that from a very elementary, simple, routine, outpatient procedure, I don't, is there cardiovascular procedures that are outpatient? That I don't know, but I do know that Anything that you do can put you at risk. I had stitches that I had to have taken out while I was in North Korea. I had them removed from an American veterinarian because I would much rather have a veterinarian removing my stitches inside of North Korea than have any North Korean doctor quack touching me. That's the second reason. The third reason is that Daily NK, the very source of this information, is run by North Korean defectors many of whom were high-ranking officials before they defected. And they know about the inner workings of the North Korean regime like no one else. And they provide the best analysis, in my opinion, on the activities behind the bamboo curtain of North Korea. So if they report that the North Korean leader is having problems recovering, it's a credible source. That's three. Fourth, the fourth reason why we took his, the, the reports about his health problems very serious is that North Korea has not been openly refuting them. I'm doing this podcast right now on Saturday the 25th. Friday the 24th, I watched the news, the evening news in North Korea. They said nothing about the North Korean leader. They're not refuting it. They're not mentioning it, which tells me their silence says many things. Their silence actually is communicating that the people that are saying he is very sick and fighting for his life are not far off. Those are the four reasons that we give why we believe that the North Korean leader was in grave danger. Now, we see that reports have come out. So I got a, I got a, a, a message from our friends from the Netherlands. And they're like, hey, Eugene, have you heard that the North Korean leader died? This was just last night. I was like, what? No. I was like, oh, it's just, a, it's nothing. But then I started looking into it. Holland was the only country reporting about this. It came from a Hong Kong source and it came from the leader of a Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong satellite TV. It came from the deputy chief of Hong Kong satellite TV that put out a letter on social media that basically said Kim Jong-un is dead. How long is it going to take for people to report it? The letter I actually translated from Chinese for people to read it on our website. We put it up. Um, this is from um, 
Saturday the 25th on our website. It says some people want to wait for the official news. This is what the, the deputy director for HKSTV wrote. Now remember, HKSTV is, um, is a TV station based out of Hong Kong. They were the first ones allowed to be broadcast in China. China does not allow Hong Kong broadcast TV broadcast because Hong Kong has freedom of the press. And because their news might share things that the Chinese CCP does not want their people to hear, they often block the uh, Hong Kong broadcast from coming across the border into China, right? So when HKSTV, Hong Kong Satellite TV, was able to get their channel into China, that was a big deal. Uh, the other thing is that most Hong Kong TV is in Cantonese. Uh, HKSTV walks a very fine line with the government and they are in Mandarin Chinese. They're mainly in Hong Kong, China, and Taiwan and, and around the world. So they're a pretty big station. Their deputy director, um, somebody whose name, Chin Feng, wrote this on their social media. So it wasn't reported. I went to their website even today. It's still not on there. So Hong Kong wasn't reporting it. The information came from Hong Kong, but the Dutch were the only ones that were reporting it. And, and by the way, if you look at the uh, Journalists Without Borders um, freedom of the press around the world, you'll see that they have every area of the world color-coded according to the freedom of the press. And there's only a few areas in the world that have white. White means that's the highest level of freedom that you can get. The US doesn't have that. The UK doesn't have that. Uh, nobody has that except for the northern regions of Europe. Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Iceland, those areas are considered to be the most free press. You could argue that. I might, you know, pick at it a little bit, but still what I'm saying is the Dutch don't just throw things out there. They can be trusted with their news. So when they say he is dead, you need to wake up and take notice. They also put on the Dutch Wikipedia site that it was reported that he was that he died on April 21st. Anyway, so the the uh, director for or sorry, April 24th. The director for the deputy director for HKSTV wrote this verbatim. Going to read it. Some people want to wait for the official news. Whatever. I just wanted to say the truth. Remember the official news about the death of Jin Chung that's the Chinese name for Kim Il-sung, was delayed for 34 hours. And the official news of Jin Zhengzhi, that's Kim Jong-il in Chinese, was delayed for 51 hours. Let's see this time how many hours it will be delayed. No matter. It doesn't mean anything whether he is dead or not. The friendship between China and Korea will be continued forever. The source of the news is different, so the analysis level is different. And it would be super great if people would simply do their job and stop arguing with me. This is what the deputy director wrote, kind of sounds like he was exasperated from people trying to keep him from sharing that Kim Jong-un has died. So right now the world is looking, nobody's really debating whether he is uh, dead or not. Now there are a few people that are saying, you know, he's not dead. And that's why people have been writing to me trying to figure out, you know, hey, what's going on? I mean, one, red, one uh, headline today out of South Korea said, not Jed, just at the beach. 
Um, the um, Reuters came out and said the news about him being dead is not true. South Korea had another report that said Kim Jong-un has been seen inspecting construction sites at a resort area. He's fine. A UK report said that he fled Pyongyang and is staying away from all people because he doesn't want to get the coronavirus. He wants to stay away from people that might be affected after he's had surgery, which sounds very legitimate. Donald Trump came out and said that he thinks, and he's you know got the CIA on his side informing him about what's going on. He thinks that the reports about uh, the failing health of Kim Jong-un are absolutely incorrect. Now, I think that the coronavirus um, escape story, uh, let me do it this way. Let me rate zero as being completely wrong, five being in the middle, 10 obviously being the most correct. I would say Kim Jong-un being on vacation at the beach is a zero. I would say Donald Trump's version of being uh, incorrect about his health being ill, zero. I would say that Kim Jong-un going to a private location to get away from uh, staff members that he thinks are infected and wanted to stay away from anybody with the coronavirus, which by the way, raises the concern, do we now have the coronavirus inside North Korea? If Kim Jong-un is evacuating from the city of Pyongyang to go to a beach resort away from all people, including his own staff, to stay away from the coronavirus while he is weakened with his system, does that now put us on an alert for the coronavirus inside of North Korea? Good question. Glad I asked it. We don't know the answer yet. But what we do see is that he could have possibly gone to an area while recovering from the surgery to be away from others during the coronavirus. I give that a five to seven because that's very likely. The Jerusalem Post came out with a story saying that they believe that he could be brain dead. I give that an eight to nine on the probability scale. And the fact that he is dead, I would give a nine. The reason I would do that is because something has to be seriously wrong for China to send in doctors. It was just reported this morning on April 24th that China has sent in doctors to check on the health of Kim Jong-un and advise him. This is an emergency situation. China didn't say, you know what? We're going to look into this. Hey, North Korea, we're sending in doctors so that they can check on your, your president. I don't think so. In no wild dream does China decide to send doctors into North Korea because they simply want to. North Korea had to put in a request because China, all travel from China has been blocked for weeks since beginning of January or beginning of February, end of January. So you couldn't go in without being um, quarantined. And even then, if you cheated on that quarantine, you could be executed as was the rumor of a top official who went to a Chinese bathing house when he was supposed to be on quarantine, was executed. So China didn't just say, hey, North Korea, we're going to send over some doctors. North Korea had to arrange for those doctors to come. I believe that the situation has gotten out of hand 
and the North Korean doctors need help and it might already be too late. I think they waited to the last minute. They could have waited to the last minute, called up China when he was on his deathbed. And by the time they arrived and looked at the situation, he might already be dead. That's why we're getting news from China, from HKS TV, because somebody in China has leaked the information and it's gotten through the Chinese circles and somebody dropped, spilled the beans, which is Qin Feng, the, the deputy director for HKS TV. That's why I believe that the Chinese source in this instance can be believed and I give it a nine out of 10 on believable scale. So when we look at that, whether he's dead or brain dead, we don't know. If he's not dead, I believe he's fighting for his life. But what does that mean? And that's where I get to the heart of this podcast. Sorry it took me a while. I just wanted to cover this information for those of you that have not been updated. Now, the question, the main question of the day, because you know I'm not a, re I'm not a news reporting agency. Back to Jerusalem is not a news reporting agency. Go somewhere else for your news. What we try to do is take the information that you get in the news and give it some practicality of what it looks like on the ground and also help you separate fake fiction from reality because you're getting a lot of information. I just named several sources from South Korea to the US to the UK that are all saying contradicting information that cannot be, it's impossible to say those things and all of them be true at once. Somebody has to be wrong. And that's why I gave them a, 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 a believability rating so that you can look at that through the lens of someone who's actually been working inside of North Korea for several years. I've traveled into North Korea many, many times. I've been working inside of North Korea for several years and we have team members there now. I was able to write to our team in China and North Korea this morning. So I have some information. That doesn't mean that the information that I have is absolutely correct. I would say the closer you are to North Korea, the further you are from the truth. So by me saying that I've traveled into North Korea many times or I've been working in North Korea for many years, I use that as a way to kind of give legitimacy and weight to what I'm saying, but at the same time, it actually takes away legitimacy and weight from what I'm saying because the closer you are to people on the ground inside of North Korea, the further you are from the truth. Why? Because inside of North Korea, it is a black hole of information. You get more information about what's happening inside of North Korea, outside of North Korea, where you can communicate freely than you can inside of North Korea. I've never been so dumb about what's happening around the world as I am when I am in North Korea. I know a lot of people that are listening to this find that hard to believe that I can be any dumber, but I can be, and that takes place when I am inside of North Korea. I guess, Ignorance and stupidity are two different things, but I'm pretty ignorant and feel pretty stupid when I'm inside of North Korea. So let's put it that way. But when looking at North Korea, we try to share information that might seem like daily news, but it actually applies directly to the ministry. So when we are doing ministry, delivering Bibles, starting businesses, doing business as missions, sending in missionaries, preaching the gospel, starting churches, transforming cultures, societies, neighborhoods, people, nations, we find it better to target our prayer when we know what's going on. 
when we can give information from the battlefield about what's happening in the promised land. When we go into the enemy's territory, we measure it out and we bring back the information so that the saints of God can know the opposition. Faith is not ignorance. Just because you don't know about something doesn't make you more faithful to God because there's ignorance is bliss. Faith is having the information of what you can't do and doing it anyway because you know that what you have to offer is not great enough to accomplish the task that God has given you, but you know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and that is faith. When the things that you have been ordered to do have been measured and you realize, you come to the conclusion that you cannot do them. How great is the testimony when you do it anyway? That is faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the antidote to fear. Information helps us understand the kind of faith that we need. When I'm looking at North Korea, I want all of the information that I can possibly get about the language, the culture, the history, the religion. I read everything at my, that, at, that I can get in my hands about a nation before I go in. I consume it all. So I can get a 30,000 foot view and then zoom in to get a little closer, and then zoom in and get a little closer, because the little things that I see directly on the ground might look like they don't fit in a bigger picture until you remember what that 30,000 foot view looks like. Your small piece of the puzzle might look like a little patch of green, looks like it goes to, you know, if I'm going to use the puzzle scenario, if I'm putting together a puzzle, it may look like it goes to a, a turtle, the turtle shellback, but at a 30,000 foot view, I can tell, no, there's no turtles in this picture. It's a part of a green pasture. And I can at least understand a little bit more about where the pieces belong. So when I go into a country, I try to understand the history, the culture, the military, the leaders, the religion, the politics. When we're looking at North Korea, the political leader is a big, big deal. The world revolves around the political leader. And when it comes to Kim Jong-un, it's never been more true. Because there you have a cult personality that rules the nation. So the question is, and this is the question, this is the question that I've been getting to for the last half hour. I take a while to get there. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you are like, I wish you could do this in five minutes. I can't. I can't do it in five minutes. I'm sorry. But now I'm getting to the question. The heart of this podcast is this. Who takes over North Korea now? Who's going to be the leader now? Well, when you look at who we have on the ground, there's pretty slim pickings. Okay. Unfortunately, I have to unpack some things and without visuals, it's not easy. So you as a podcast listener, I'm just going to have to make this as simple as possible without using visuals. The reason I would like to use visuals is because the Kim family tree is a messy one. 
This is like looking at European monarchies. I mean, after watching, you know, a monarchy show about um, Queen Elizabeth, I still get confused on who was related to who and, and, and who had to die for someone else to take over. Let me just go back to the beginning of Kim Jong-un, whose father is Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il, his father, came from the founder. So we don't have to go back that far, which is pretty cool. Uh, who took over in the 1950s, Kim Il-sung. Kim Il-sung is the founding father. He is the godfather. Uh, he comes from a Christian family. His mother was a deaconess. His father was a house church pastor. He was an organ player. He grew up in the church before he betrayed the church. And I kind of feel like that's kind of always the case. Like Kim, Kim Il-sung could have been very powerful in the church, but Satan offered him a powerful position in the world. The greater calling that God has upon your life, the greater, how can I say this? The, the greater temptation that Satan is going to give you. Kim Il-sung took the temptation. He had a son, Kim Jong-il. And Kim Jong-il had one wife, and at least seven semi-permanent mistresses. I'm not going to identify all of them, but he was kind of a, he was a playboy. He didn't look like a playboy where he wore like six inch uh, platform shoes, you know, kind of made him look like uh, the, the 1970s of, of singing Bee Gees. He had a hair lift where he put his hair in curlers so he'd give him some extra height. I think he was only like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, something like that. But he was a, he was a playboy. Um, it's reported that in addition to his wife, he had not just his mistresses, but several lady friends. And according to testimony from North Korean defectors, um, foreign reports, Song Feng Shan is said to that the North Korean ambassador to Russia uh, was was with uh, Kim Jong-il. The Tunisian ambassador wife was with Kim Jong-il. Um, he had a lot of relationships with the women from the art troupe dancers, social groups, actors, officials, nurses, office staff. Um, he's said to have flown in prostitutes from, Philipp from the Philippines, Thailand, Arab nations. He's also known to have flown in, you know, Swedish prostitutes, as you do. Um, but there are four mistresses outside of his wife that are well-known. I'll talk about three of them and his wife. His real wife was selected by his father, Kim, Kim Il-sung. Uh, Kim Il-sung selected his real wife because she was the daughter of a martyr, a war hero who fought against the Japanese. So he arranged them to get married because that would give his son a lot of respect and it turns out his son didn't want to have a lot of respect. What he wanted was really pretty girls. And the girl that brought him a lot of respect did, wasn't much of a looker, or at least that's what I gather. It just wasn't his type. And so they were married in 1966, and they had one daughter. Her English name, we'll call her Cedar. Um, Kim Il-sung arranged for them to be married. He got married, but it really didn't last long because he didn't really like her. He just had a daughter with her. And she's still alive, we assume, living in Pyongyang, the, his, his official wife. Um, she's around 78 to 80 years old, 
right now. Uh, she was the principal of a university in Pyongyang until she retired in 2012, eight years ago, at the age of 70. And so there's not really much to her. She had one daughter. That's, that's Cedar. Then he had a mistress. <clears throat> um, her name is Song Hye Rim. Now, I'm not going to say these Korean names really well, but Song Hyo Rim. Uh, she was an actress. He had a thing for actresses. She had one son, and she is dead. And the son that she had is dead. It's his oldest son. That was his first son. Um, she did not raise her son all the way. She basically, she had some mental issues. I think everybody in the Kim family does. Uh, she fled North Korea. She left her son with Kim Il-sung and she fled to Switzerland and then to Russia where she died in Moscow in 2002. Uh, she was older than Kim Il-sung and she lived at the official residence of number 15. Creative name there. Um, and his son was actually secretly born in 1971, Kim Jong-nam. He was secretly born. They didn't really want the father to know about it because the father, um, you know, he arranged Kim Jong-il to be married to another woman. And he's now having an affair with the mistress, and the mistress now has a son. <clears throat> so this is a love child. Um, then he has another mistress, that becomes kind of a live-in. I'm just going to talk about the mistresses that become kind of permanent fixtures at the uh, Kim Jong-il residence. They're not married. They're mistresses. They're concubines. Um, they're, they're pleasure women. Uh, but they, they end up taking more of a permanent role when they have his children. So um, you have Ko Yong-hui. She has three children, two boys and one girl. And she is the favorite concubine. She um, died in Paris from cancer. She tried to go there to get treated because, you know, she can't get treated in North Korea. She's from Japan. She is the ep epitome of the enemy of North Korea. Anybody else, they would have been executed for even thinking about being with her. She was born and raised in Japan. Her father supported the Japanese effort against Korea by working in a factory and supplying goods to the Japanese army um, while working in a Japanese factory during World War II. This is a big no-no. She was born and raised in Japan. Big no-no. She doesn't die in North Korea either. She dies in Paris. Again, big no-no. But she's a good dancer, and she's got the goods, and... Kim Jong-il is smitten. So he has two boys and one girl. And these three kids are the focus of the leadership right now. So everything that I'm going to say comes from this Japanese wife. There was a fourth mistress. Her name's Kim Ok. She was a singer. She became um, one of the main aides for Kim Il-sung, wherever he went, she went. She took really good care of him. Uh, not that it paid off in the end, because when he died, um, Kim Jong-un, uh, Jong who doesn't like having a stepmother, obviously, did away with her and had her thrown into a gulag. She had no children. So she didn't have anything that she could kind of, no children to kind of rely on to get her, get out of jail free card. So she's right now in a gulag if she's even alive. <clears throat> so 
when we're looking at the replacement for Kim Jong-un, if he is dead, many people are saying that, you know, it could be his sister. I don't know if that could be the case. And here's the reason why. She, the, the, the official wife of Kim Jong-un only had one legitimate child. Uh, the one, she's the oldest daughter. She's the oldest child and she should have been the ruler after Kim Il-sung's death, but she was a girl. So she could not become the leader in Kim Il-sung's view. And I don't think many things have changed since Kim Il-sung only died or Kim Jong-il only died eight years ago. So she is the, she is the only legitimate child. She's the only legitimate child because she is the only child of the real wife. All the other children are from concubines, glorified concubines. So they don't really have a claim to the throne in that way because, and we are talking about a monarchy here. We're talking about more than a monarchy. We're talking about a monotheistic archy. If that's, this is a God archy. Um, this is, this is the, the, coming down of, of divine power. She's the only legitimate child. All the rest of them are illegitimate children because they were born out of wedlock. So he has a daughter with his real wife, his only wife, and she becomes a North Korean Korean. She is a daddy's girl. She goes to all of the same schools that he goes to. She's highly respected. She becomes a lieutenant colonel in the North Korean army. She is educated at the same uh, tyrannical university of, as her father um, and as her, you know, any, any military leader out there. Um, my only assumption that uh, the only problem that she has is that she's not a boy. So Nix, she, she cannot be the ruler of North Korea. So she's out, she's the oldest, but she's out of the question. Then you have Kim, Kim Jong-nam. Now we have to go to the other mistress, the Japanese mistress. Um, I'm sorry, not the Japanese mistress. The, the other mistress um, that was Song Hyo-rim. She's the actress. She had one son. She's the woman that I said died in Moscow. She had one son, Kim Jong-nam. Nam. Kim Jong-nam is the oldest son. So then the power goes from Kim Jong-il to his oldest son. Now try to stay with me. I know this gets confusing. I don't have a board. I know this might get boring, but he's the oldest son and he cannot become the ruler either because he's an embarrassment to the nation. How is he an embarrassment to the nation? I've talked about this in other podcasts. He tried to sneak into Japan to go to Jap Japan Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and he tried to do so on a fake, um, uh, what was the nationality that he was using? Um, not Colombian. Uh, he was using a fake passport from the Dominican Republic. The guy doesn't look anything like a Dominican Republican. So I mean, it, it was, the Japanese caught him. They advertised it. They put it on the news. It was all over every single front page around the world. He was a massive embarrassment to Kim Jong-il. Kim, Kim Jong-il, sorry. He was a massive embarrassment to his father, Kim Jong-il. And so Kim Jong-nam uh, Jong was then nixed. 
And in fact, in 2017, Kim Jong-un had him executed just in case, you know, he might try to claim legitimacy to his throne. He was killed in Malaysian airport in 2017 when two agents from North Korea basically walked up to him, had a cloth with a VX nerve agent, which was super deadly, put it over his mouth, and then basically it ate away at his insides until he dropped dead within seconds at the Malaysian International Airport. The next in line is from the Japanese mistress. Kim Jong-un's mother. This is the real older brother to Kim Jong-un. His name is Kim Jong-chul. He should have been the next in line after his brother Kim Jong-nam. But he was deemed to be too effeminate. Moved around like he was gay. Kim Jong-il thought that that would be an embarrassment to have a gay-looking, flamboyant leader of North Korea. They need somebody strong, firm. And uh, sorry, Kim Jong-chul, you don't fit the bill. So he's next. Next, there was Kim Jong-un. He's the last son of Kim Jong-il that we know of. Who knows how many illegitimate children are out there, but this is the last son that we know of. And so he's the one that's actually selected. He's been the leader, and I've talked about him before. Now, many people think that it's his sister that might take over. Who is his sister? His sister is Kim Yo-jong. She is the ice queen that you've been hearing about. In October of 2017, Kim's sister was promoted to be one of the top-ranking officials in the entire nation in charge of propaganda and the working party. She's been considered to be the main person in charge of putting together the image, the cult image, of Kim Jong-un. And she's also been considered to be the mastermind behind a lot of the executions of top officials that were a part of the inner circle for her father's group to make sure that they didn't try to move in on power, to make sure that they didn't try to pull a fast one, make sure that they didn't try to pull a coup. She's considered to be the mastermind behind them. But she's a girl. So she has not been in striking distance of a leadership position until now. Many of the people around the world think that she's the one that will take over. I don't know. She's already taken over. She's already been the person that's been leading in the absence of Kim Jong-un. He's been out of the, the leadership theater a couple of times for medical reasons. And it's been his sister that has taken the leadership position. That's why a lot of people now say she will be the next heir. <sighs> if she's the next heir, then the question becomes, why isn't her older sister, who's still alive, who is of a top military ranking? She isn't because she's a girl. She's a woman. And I think the same can be said of Kim Yo-jong. So if she's not the leader, who then takes over? Well, there's somebody that you're forgetting about. Somebody the news is not talking about. Somebody that you'll probably only hear about here on this podcast unless you do a deep dive. So I'm going to take away all of the hours of study and reading all the things that you think you have to read. I'm going to take those away so that you can just focus on three additional people. Actually, one out of those three that's important. That is Russell Ju. She is the current wife of Kim Jong-un. 
Now, she is a cheerleader. She's a singer. The North Korean officials have been trying to erase her past as a singer and entertainer by confiscating popular bootleg CDs of her performances, but she was a singer. She's not a politician. She is not somebody that's caused anybody a threat at all, but she is a threat, and here's why. She has three children. It's speculated that they have three children. We don't know how many they have, but we think it's three. And the reason we know that, or the reason we think it's three is because every time she gets pregnant, she disappears from public view. So we've been able to calculate her children by her absences. And we know that they have at least two, one boy and one girl, because God help us, from one of the secret informants from around the world. Um, we had Dennis Rodman, the basketball player. Ugh. The fact that we have to rely on Dennis Rodman for information is so sad, but he's the one that's actually informed the world about the children of Kim Jong-un. And at that time, he had two. One son that is thought to be have uh, been born in 2012 when the wife was actually officially recognized. It's, it's thought that Kim Jong-il arranged his son's marriage after he suffered a stroke in 2008, and they were reportedly married in 2009, and they had their first child around the same year that Kim Jong-il died, 2012. So 2012, that would make the boy right now about eight years old if he was born around. Some people say that he might be a little bit older than that, but he might be eight years old. And then the girl um, is it was born when Dennis Rodman was there, and he said that he held her. And then there's the thought that there's been a third child, which is most likely a girl as well. These children might seem too young to rule, but those that would think that a mother in a powerful position will not fight for her children, not only for their safety, because basically if these children survive, their life is gonna be threatened because anybody that takes the throne after Kim Jong-un will know that that child will be considered to be a legitimate heir to Kim Jong-un when they are older. So it would be best to get rid of them. I mean, like the Jersey mob, get rid of them. Swimming with the fishes, get rid of them. So if you've ever seen Gladiator, the mother might not have been a politically savvy individual, but she wanted to make sure that her son did not get killed by someone who was power hungry, the Caesar, the new Caesar that took over. So you might watch the Gladiator and think it's a, it's a duel between the Gladiator and the Caesar. Nope. Watch who walks away at the end. The, the mother may have given a tribute, but the mother is definitely in control and gives the power to her son who becomes the new Caesar. Now, I hate to base things off of a movie, but in this situation, I'm referring to a movie because here you have a mother bear and she's got three children. Now, it all depends on the relationship between the sister and Kim Jong-un, which they are as thick as thieves. They grew up together in Switzerland. They were isolated together and they were thought of as having a very close relationship because they're the only people in the world that understands one another's position. Kim Jong-un was raised in Switzerland by his aunt. His aunt became like his mother and he was very close to her. But the aunt who was in Switzerland pretending to be an ambassador or a, a, 
a delegated official from North Korea at the embassy in North Korea, in Switzerland for North Korea. And she pretended to be the mother of Kim Jong-un and his sister. But when they left and went back to North Korea at the uh, illness of their father to groom Kim Jong-un for leadership position, the aunt that he was very close to did not come back to North Korea with him. Instead, she went to the U.S. Embassy and applied for asylum. The U.S. Embassy interviewed her and her husband for several months and then allowed them to immigrate to New York City where they're at today without telling the South Korean officials. This is a big deal because the South Korean officials could have gained completely different intelligence. But I think that there must have been some sort of uh, agreement between them and the United States that they would not inform the South Korean intelligence community so that they could be anonymous for as long as possible. What this means in practice is simply this. Kim Jong-un had a close relationship with his aunt. His sister is almost like she replaces that person, that mothering in his life. His mother's dead, his aunt is gone, now he's got his sister. She's the one person, she arranges everything. She arranges all of his meetings. She was there in Singapore with Donald Trump. She was there at the Olympics in South Korea. She's the one that puts together all of his schedule. She has her finger on the pulse, pulse and she carries the king keys to the kingdom. So if, if he and her are on the same page, she might actually have it in her because personalities like that are very good at number two roles but may not be very good at number one roles. She's very good at creating the number one role by being in the position of number two. She is an administrator not a personality. Um, if she recognizes that, she might be the powerful force behind putting together a power structure that will allow for the, for the oldest son of Kim Jong-un to become the next leader in the absence of his father. And that he would be raised as the leader and there would be a power vacuum a little bit in the beginning that she would control in action only but not in name, which is kind of where Kim Jong-un might be right now. He, well, he is right now, definitely on his, either he's dead or his brain dead. Either way, his sister's running the show which is why this information is not getting out there. She's probably trying to put her ducks in a row or whoever wants to get in charge. That's the funny thing about the skit of the death of Stalin. You see all of these Politburo officials trying to uh, jockey for a position in a post-Stalin Russia. You're definitely seeing the same thing because people can't vote. So you have people jockeying for a position of who's going to take over after an authoritarian tyrant like Kim Jong-un. So she has the decision, his sister has the decision. Does she try to take power? Which I don't know if that works in a patriarch society like North Korea. Could. There's only been one woman, one outside of the sister of Kim Jong-un, that has taken a military Politburo position in the Congress of North Korea. <clears throat> only one. She was relieved of her duties in 2012 when she got old enough to retire. But that is as high as a woman has ever gotten. Women are usually looked at as 
exonerated um, because of, so in the Kim tradition anyway, they're exonerated for giving birth to heavenly beings, basically like the Mother Mary. So you're looking at a Mother Mary type of, a, of personality that is, that is a cult-like figure that is adored and revered in North Korea, but adored and revered as a Mary-like figure giving birth in a peaceful manger to a glorious tyrant. Not a Joan of Arc figure. Not a military leader figure. So, we'll see where this goes. But I think that we need to keep our eyes on three people. The older sister, the true leader of North Korea. The sister of Kim Jong-un and the oldest son of Kim Jong-un. With the oldest son of Kim Jong-un being the most likely. Now, the older brother of Kim Jong-un could also make a play, so we'll see how that goes. At the moment, he likes to play guitar in Pyongyang. So we'll see if he actually ends up becoming anything or not. It was not the wish of his father, but if he's the only one left right now, he might be the one that the Korean people turn to, but he might already be so damaged in the eyes of... So he's been seen, you know, leaving North Korea, going to um, concerts in Singapore and London, um, listening to different rock bands. He's got his own rock band, I guess those exist in North Korea, in Pyongyang where he plays guitar. Could he be the next leader? Maybe. But from my point of view, keep your eye on the oldest son of North Korea. I hope this has been an informative podcast for you. gives you kind of some idea of what might happen after the death of Kim Jong-un. I pray that this podcast is a blessing for you and informative for your prayers as you pray for the Back to Jerusalem uh, missionaries that are serving inside of North Korea. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.